Hey guys, welcome back to Three Losers in a Church. This is episode 37. We're going to be talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly of youth ministry, which uh, is a topic that's close to home for all three of us for various reasons. I've been thinking a lot because I'm in school, I'm in seminary, and uh, I'm hoping to be a youth minister because I'm already a youth director and I want to keep that going. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm just thinking about what uh what's working for youth ministry what's not our own experiences you know what we'd like to see change whatnot i like equate the early 2000s and the late 90s as like pinnacle youth ministry time yeah um like jinko jeans and youth ministry just go together <laughs> in my head for some reason uh, if you know i wasn't alive when jinko jeans were a thing maybe the tail end yeah i think they're making a comeback i hope they're not they're terrible yeah I think it's due to just like a lot of like like youth ministry styles and like the limited like youth ministry knowledge I have and like other examples of youth ministry are definitely like like oh we got a skate park in the parking lot and like you know come hang out after school we have pizza and like it's just like hangout time. It's weird that those things are connected in my head, but I I do think it is largely because of the youth reform idea in like you know, we got to help these kids, these teens stay off the streets and do good things. And, um, yeah, but also like a realization for like the teens to have a safe space. Uh, and like, I think that's crucial in a lot of ways. And I think youth group for me a lot was definitely like my, I hate safe space, but like, and I, like a place where I could just go right mm -hmm. and loiter. Um, cause that's all, you know, high school and middle school students do is loiter yeah, places. Exactly. Which is great. I love loitering. Um, right. And I, when I was in high school, it was like the, I think it might've literally been called the teen spot or something, something really lame, <clears throat> but it was literally just like a building, like a community center or something that they used once a week for teenagers, like pool tables. And was it just like four teens? Not like a youth, not like church wise though. Right. Yeah. It was just, I don't remember why it existed. But it was definitely there were like TVs and couches and pool tables. And Chinatown had a very similar program where they it was like down the street from us, but like they literally like had like a little kitchenette, like couches, foosball table, and like a ping pong table, and it was just for kids to just hang out at. Because hmm. um, it's like the whole like going back to the whole thing of like keeping kids off the streets or like to give them something to do or like a place to do homework or just hang out with other teens as opposed to drug dealing and everything like that. Yeah, and I feel like. Now it's like almost an identity crisis with youth ministry because it's like <clears throat> we're trying to create that spot in a different time and place setting. But also there's like the church side of it that people don't also feel like is being fulfilled a lot of the time. Mm. Yeah, and there's definitely like that battle of like, oh, your youth ministry is just about fun, not about Jesus. Right. Because um, at FBC, I've never experienced that. And I didn't grow up in a youth group either. So like to me that I don't I never had that experience. Yeah. So. This reminds me of a podcast that I listened to called like the ex youth pastors yeah. podcast. <laughs> um which I don't even know if they're still going or what's on with them. I don't know what's they up. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, which is sad. <laughs> but it was so these these two guys who were both youth pastors, one of them transitioned to a different thing, or they both did, I don't remember exactly anyways. But their big things they always talked about was just like like kind of like the, the ugly of youth ministry, but also like, you know, how youth ministers, they would like do this podcast so they could like, you know, laugh at the the struggles of youth ministry and have a vice that way. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times they talked about how like 
it just felt like they had to just come in with this energy and be like, yeah, like, let's, you know, compete for this bag of Doritos, <laughs> right? And like, just like crazy stuff like that. And I was like, that's, there's a very small section of my youth group career that looked like that. Mm. And then it like very drastically changed. And so, yeah, like it's very weird. I, like to me, that's like very unsettling. I was like, oh, right. Like, that's not what that looks like for me. Like I could never imagine like, like chubby bunny to figure out like who gets this taco like just like random like i don't know like, yeah that's just, something that happens like once every six months maybe you know? yeah like, <laughs> and like now and because i think of it like other growth groups i guess i th- kind of compare it to a growth group which may or may not be fair <laughs> but like you know I'm, if i'm in a young adult group we cater to the needs of like young adults and talk about things that are relevant to us but we're also connected to the local church whereas like the youth group's like almost separate from the local church, aside from the fact that their parents might go to the church. So like, there's like needs, but also are those needs actually relevant? I mean, at least like on a spiritual, like a spiritual need is something I think about. Cause like, I, I think about, about my youth group back in Boston and like, they were very like, Oh, like, why are we coming? Like the whole, it was like challenging people. It was like, Oh, like, why do you come to youth group? Oh, like I come because friends or like I come because I genuinely want to learn about God. Like you have these two camps and mm-hmm. the question was, how do you like mesh them together? And it, in part, it was like a lot about the leadership and like who, how they like got people involved. But then I, I, I'm witnessing it now and it's becoming more fun based. It's like fun with a side of Jesus as opposed to Jesus with a side of fun. Yeah. I mean, um, and there's the implication that they're like mutually exclusive. Yeah, that's why this is great. Which is unfair. <laughs> and I remember like a pastor who spoke at was speaking for us. He was telling, "Oh yeah, I went to this conference, and I was talking to other like pastors about like um like you this is a youth group co- youth group leaders conference, and like they were like talking to each other, and then they were talking. He was like saying, "I'm proud to say our church we have 45 minute sermons, while other churches are talk about oh yeah like." our games are like 45 minutes as opposed to like 20 minutes or something like that, which I just thought that was very interesting that I don't remember the met, the point of the, 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 why he was flexing so hard. <laughs> it was just interesting. I was like, Oh, fascinating. Like what are the needs of the youth? And like, what, how do you share and like try to grow them in faith while also like not boring them to death? Mm-hmm. A lot of the times, like, the the needs of the youth get looked at through like the lens of like <clears throat> i don't want to say an adult but like an adult yeah um like or, you're a project <laughs> right or like yeah like that's a good example or like oh like you don't really know what you need yeah like, <laughs> um we're like clearly like using simple empathy skills uh, <laughs> but like i don't know understanding where that person comes from in that sense of like oh this this might be might not be my need and I might not think you need this but oh like you legitimately do mm-hmm. yeah because it can be condescending yeah it's like yeah you think you know what you need but you don't and like I think there's validity in that statement because there's definitely things as a teenager I was like yeah I'm gonna live or die by this yeah like, I was okay. positive like sometimes I think about if I could talk to my teenage self and that's like a really lame cliche but like <laughs> if I I feel like if my teenage self looked at me now, he'd just be like, why, what happened in some ways, you know? <laughs> Cause it's like, well, I cared so much about this at this time and I'm never going to let that go. And now it's like, oh, well, I guess that didn't matter. So much, yeah. but. Uh, I mean, in retrospect, my teenage years were not very far uh, from <laughs> my current age. 
I think all of us being involved in youth ministry leadership, we can see in like different capacities and different mindsets also, we can see that youth's needs are different for each individual, but also like change and vary so much on like a daily basis. Mm. Um, they're just like ever changing, which I mean, as is life, but um, I think it's a lot of the time like casted a wide net around of like, oh, they just need biblical stuff. Mm. Let's throw all these Bible passages out there, make them memorize it and say, sure they do, but like also like, there's also this other thing that's being neglected in order for that to happen. Yeah. Because yeah. there's so many like societal things and like, I was mentioning how like, I'm, I'm excited to read this book that's supposedly talking about why like adolescence is something that's been like created and fostered in the past half a century. And I'm really fascinated by that idea, but I don't have any info on it yet. Something that also just came to mind, well, at least in my youth group. Um, and I know like we had like youth teams where like we had like a shepherding team. We had like um, a worship team, like a communications team. Part of me, I was just like, Oh my gosh. Like, this was also, like, the idea of, like, um, sometimes youth groups was also just, like, free labor. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't, again, I, I, as I sit here, I'm not, like, trying to, like, diss, like, oh, yeah, like, youth groups are just, like, free. It's just, like, something fascinating to me. Like, the idea of burnout was, like, shown to, was, like, taught to me when I was at that age. Or, like, oh, like, volunteering or, like, giving too much of yourself, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was very aware of it, at, like, in high school. Um, when I was on leadership teams or like doing too much, it's like, Oh, you have to say no eventually. And I'm just like, yeah, it's hard. What? But for the sake of the gospel, should I not keep saying yes for everything? I was just like, Mm, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of that plays into like, I I agree with that 120%, but a lot of that plays into like adults placing their expectations and what they think students are feeling and needs Mm. opposed to like legitimately and this seems like I'm bashing people, but like listening to them and yeah. like voicing their actual concerns. Yeah. <laughs> or just like listening, period. Uh, like I can think of countless times that I like some of the most powerful moments in youth group and youth ministry was when I could just be like, everything's terrible. This is bad. This is bad. Like everything's bad. It's like, well, I mean, as is my life, but like, I don't know. Those are the most, and like someone goes like, okay, like, okay, those things are not that bad. Calm down. But yeah. like there was just and like an outlet for those things. Mm-hmm. To listen as a pro, yeah. yeah, and like I, I think a lot of the times, uh, like leaders are notorious for this. If they go like, okay, well, like this is how I responded in this sense, so therefore this is right, because like yeah, that's how humans the only think, way to do right? it. Yeah, um, and like I, we're all guilty of doing that. We all go through different phases where we're like, oh yeah, like those that leader who inspired me, so therefore I will inspire others in the same manner. But that's just like, oh, but you forget like that kid you're trying to inspire, like work with is not you mm-hmm. and you can't force your expectation nor can you force your self portrayal or self uh what's the word i'm looking for i don't know but i know what you're saying like you're throwing your um yourself like uh... the apple doesn't fall far from the tree <laughs> <laughs> or like you like portray your like you see yourself through a kid Oh, like living uh, vicariously to yeah. them, almost. I am, I just lost it. Dang it. I use it all the time. Like, self, you project yourself mm-hmm. yeah. on a child, and then you you expect the same reaction. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like, because, like you said, like saying what you said, like, it helped me, therefore it shall help you. Yeah. Um. Ultimately, Tina learns that that is not the case, and none of the kids want to be with her. <laughs> I love that show. But, 
she has been. Uh, but the, the redeeming factor of that episode was that her, the people that she had the most impact on weren't the kids in her class, but her own siblings who like end up trying to save her. Oh, oh that's cool! What a good show! It's a good yeah. show. I, I it brings me to tears occasionally, and I'm like, why am I crying <laughs> over I mean, Bob's Burgers? <laughs> over <laughs> Bob's Burgers. Freaking oh, there's some beautiful moments in that show. But I think like with back going back to the youth group, that's. That's where, like, I feel like what the f- the idea of being fostered, like, things need to be done in ABC, like the practicality, like, mm-hmm. like, you have to, like you're not really taught how nuanced life is, or like how, um, how complicated it is, or the grays. Mm. Yeah, so black and it's portrayed in such a black and white manner. Also, like, there's a level of like, I don't know, like leadership corrupts a lot of people in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's so dumb. But like, as soon as you become a leader, therefore you don't have to approach someone as a human being anymore. You can yeah. approach them as a higher, like level person. Um, and like, I think that's probably one of the most negative issues is that, um, people just approach a lot of teenagers and students like, as of like, Oh, like I know this, let me teach you. Mm. Um, and like, like disregarding people's feelings in those senses and just kind of like approaching people in that negative manner because of not like necessarily inherent knowledge, but like the feeling of knowledge. Um, And so like a lot of times I think a lot of people like miss real learning opportunities as a leader from students. Um, Yeah. If you're not learning from students, like I don't think you're doing it right mm -hmm. to be honest. (laughs) Also like, I don't think you're approaching like a person while like as a student, the youth leaders that like, are the uh, like approach you as a human being opposed to as a student Ooh. are like the ones that you like also the ones you probably learn the most from right yeah because like yeah like okay so i'm 29 i'm in grad school does that mean i can never learn anything from somebody <laughs> younger than me also like yeah you were 17 once but also like mm. Is a seven-year-old that much different i know right I, I, i'm always <laughs> of course i I'm like 70 and a 20 year old, but um, <laughs> like I would always, I hate, hate's a strong word, but I'm going to say it here. Um, when I'm having flashbacks, like adults are like, oh, but you're a kid. You don't know. <laughs> um, well, it's like, okay, maybe if I'm three, that's okay. But like a lot of the times my feelings and my issues were just immediately no longer validated because, oh, you don't understand. You're just a kid. Mm. Um, because of age. Yeah. And so like that is not, and like maybe you don't have to say those words, but you can show that in action. Yeah. Um, like that is how you immediately lose any connection you had with any youth student. Because um, you're just regarding them on so many levels. You're just saying that. Like, oh, you don't under, you're not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on a higher plane. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of people don't do that intentionally. I don't think youth workers are there to like, you know, te- I think some of them are there to just teach students and show the gospel and be hardcore about stuff. But I think the vast majority of them care, mm. but really are ill-equipped to mm. legitimately perform as like a mentor. Yeah. Or they just like get in their head that, oh, I'm the mentor. I have to do this. I have to teach them this the lesson. The heart is there, but the execution is poor. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I really, really like what you said about like some of like the, like the biggest moments, like, like the outlet mm-hmm. for you to listen, like for you to be listened. Um, that's 
to be heard. <laughs> wow. Um, you listened. It worked. Anywho. I got the point across. Yeah. yeah. Um, to be heard is so powerful. Mm-hmm. For me, like that was like a huge revolution, like re- like a very revolutionary moment in my life where I was just like, dang, I'm learning from these kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially when it came to like working at my school, like I was just like, who am I to like look at them and just be like, you're dumb. Right. There are moments. I mean, <laughs> admittedly, there are many moments where I'm just like, my kids are dumb. But like, other times, <laughs> I'm just like, dang, like they they have so much to share, so mm-hmm. much to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I'm glad it's like this is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like there's de- there's so much good. Like, I wouldn't have any interest in doing this if there wasn't so much, like, working in youth ministry has been such an overwhelmingly positive experience for me. I think that sets us apart in some ways. Is like, we don't have these super negative examples of, like, the guy who was just coming in and going, like, you're going to hell if you don't. Like, we don't have those examples, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as much. I mean, I don't want to speak for Sam. I don't know. Right. But, um, yeah, so, like, we have a very positive example of what, well, huh positive in air quotes but like what it should look like mm-hmm. it should, yeah. yeah and of course and you've had your fair sh- i mean I, I would argue you've had your fair share of leaders who similar to like education systems where like you always get your bad batch of teachers who oh are, for sure you know, mm-hmm. like what the hell how are you like teaching you've also have youth leaders where you're just like what <laughs> yeah how are you oh, yeah. here and why are you teaching I'm the kind of person who tends to dwell on like my mistakes and failures and stuff. So it's like, I, I'm like, I don't want to become that person. You know, I think about like every time I've done something wrong and that's, what's been so positive is like, I've had the room to make those mistakes and like grow from it. And people haven't been too critical. Well, not critical in a positive way, but. (laughs) I mean, then like, of course, like youth ministry leadership, um, it's so easy to find faults. Uh, Well, we're, we're terrible people. <laughs> yeah. All, all people are terrible. So it's hard for us to do good things. Um, we're just three losers in a church. We're just three losers in a church. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's easy to, uh, it's easy to serve in youth ministry in so many ways. It's very difficult to serve well, mm. uh, which is true in every capacity, but I think mm. it's exponentially true in youth ministry. Um, you could be just a babysitter. Yeah, because you could serve, right? No problem. I'm thinking of it compared to like mopping floors, right? Like it's, I guess it is difficult to serve well when you're mopping floors, but I think it's just, there's like a different level of, especially because like there's usually an age difference and, you know, different backgrounds and, you know, there's a lot more at play than Mm -hmm. opposed to stuffing bulletins or, you know, mopping some floors. You don't see the immediate. Yeah. And there's a lot of, yeah, there's definitely a lot of like end game also where if like, I can think of countless times when um, I, I was involved with like youth youth worship, where I was like, "This is terrible! Like, there's zero audience participation. Like, I like don't want to do this anymore. I put countless hours into this and get nothing back." But then I was just like told like at one point like, "Oh, but Tyler, like this one person that you are friends with like came to Christ through this. Mm-hmm. So like every single amount of effort that you ever have and ever will put into, is it worth that to you?" Yeah. And I was like, oh, again. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, it's, so it's, it's very rarely do you get the opportunity to see the fruits of your labor in any ministry. But I think in youth ministry, it's even harder. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times, like, students walk away. Yeah. Like, like you said, those moments, mm-hmm. like, where it just somebody expresses that something you did meant something to them is just so worth it. Even outside of ministry, like, <clears throat> I directed a volunteer marching. <laughs> a volunteer marching band um 
for like middle schoolers and high schoolers. And we had between five, four and eight students at any given time. Mm-hmm. And like most people would argue that it was like a giant failure, like small marching band and whatnot. But like one kid like graduated and he wrote his college acceptance essay about this band. I think I might've even talked about it mm-hmm. on here before, but like he, I read the essay and like, just that it meant something to him. I was like, all this work was like worth it. Like I got to share my experience with him, share something that matters to me and like help it matter to him in some capacity. Like this is like, this is all worth it. (laughs) Like this is so cool. I mean, that one conversation, A has definitely guaranteed me to be wrapped into some type of worship ministry for the rest of my life, but (laughs) which is fine. I don't care. Uh, (laughs) But like also definitely has got me through some tough moments, but also it's like, Oh, like, there's a lot of doubt in that too. Like, oh, is that is that really all worth that one person? Mm-hmm. And of course, like that's not a calculation I can make. But um, and I know deep down that it hundred ten percent is. Um, but yeah, like if that person walks away, like was it like did I do a good enough job? Was that worth it? Like, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. And like, of course, that one conversation, oddly enough, I can picture in my head right now. But like was a moment of like youth ministry that I was like, oh, like this is actually what it's about. Like I was talked to as a human. My concerns were heard. Some advice was given that was not terribly useful at the time, but was true. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those things that you're like, oh, like those are the actual moments that matter. Mm-hmm. Not like... When you're not treated as a demographic, but you're having like an actual human relationship. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely like, I, I immediately think of like the Zimbardo prison experiments, um, like the Sta- uh, Stanford, you've never heard Stanford prison experiments. It's a psychology experiment. I think I've heard them, heard of them. Oh, it's, it's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, but um, so anyways, there was, there was this experiment in the seventies where some students were called prison guards, some called prisoners. And then they were basically yeah. like, you know, um, allowed to act out this scene in this um, psychology lab at Stanford University. Um, and it ended up, there's a whole bunch of like things at play saying like, oh, that the person was an actor and that he wasn't actually fulfilling the role. And there's a lot of things that like discredit it. Anyways, um, the idea behind that is that like, as soon as you're put in that position of leadership, right, the pressures of leadership are immediately put on top mm. of you. And then you have to act like a leader. Mm. Um, and I think those are the moments where like, okay, sure, you're a leader there, but you're also a person right Mm -hmm. you might be that prison guard but you're also a person Mm -hmm. and that student is also a person yeah and so like a lot of times there's that divide between the two that i just gets in the way all the time so i mean like people just get in their own head of like oh i need to fill this role that i'm a part of and that's when i feel like i have the worst nights when like I struggle the most to either interact or teach or anything is like when I get inside my own head and think this is about like me mm-hmm. or it's about like, I need to fulfill this role. It's yeah. like when I'm, I'm stumbling over words, I feel like I'm constantly it's like, that's when my anxiety kicks in, yeah. you know, and instead of just being like, I'm a person here to interact with other people. That's what I'm here to do. <laughs> Looping that back to like youth ministry, like as a leader, sure. You might be able to speak truth. Yeah, sure. Maybe you'll be able to like teach these kids but you also have to remember that you too can learn but also like you're not you're not the one who's actually fulfilling that role of leader like you're just a mere broken vessel of that 
Um, and I like the pressures of being a leader are way higher than the pressures of being a person. Mm, yeah. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> there's not a lot of pressure for being a person. <laughs> it's easy to point at the leaders in any given youth group um, as they're the bad and the ugly. Um, and sometimes that's true. But um, <laughs> other times like, oh, there's other things at play. Um, but I think a lot of the times if you remove that, that role, right? You're no longer the prison guard, right? But like, you're there to, you know, care for another person. Um, yeah. And just take away the roles. Like, don't draw the lines. This has been episode 37. Thank you guys so much for listening. We out. We out. Have a good one.